The information provided is for educational purposes and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for conventional medical therapy. Imagine if medicine actually looked at you as a whole, opposed to looking at you as a bunch of separate systems. Dive into Integrative Wellness Radio with Dr. Nick and Dr. Nicole to learn more about the top trends in integrative medicine, to learn about what the limitations are with testing and what you can do to start your health journey. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. So we are throwing you for a little bit of a loop, uh, kind of getting a, I don't want to say off topic, but just kind of bringing a different topic to light. Uh, Nick and I were out in uh, Atlantic City. Oh, I know Atlantic City sounds, everyone's like <laughs> always judges when we say we go there. But uh, we were just having a, like a little staycation, went to, um, what was it, the water club. Yeah. And cool. the pool, it was amazing. But it was very interesting because as we were there, we were just kind of observing our surroundings. And just it's, it's great people watching. Great people watching. Um, and it's not just the it's not the first time, but it was actually it was just a lot of people doing it. Uh, just kind of found that there were so many young individuals that were just not talking to each other, and they were on their cell phones. And there were many photo shoots of uh, you know. Excuse me, I'm busy right <laughs> now. How's this look? Looks so good. It was it was literally going on for an hour at least. Oh, <laughs> messages. I'm so I'm so popular. I got a like. So people love me. I think that it was just really brought something to light for me. Um, and I'm not even that old. I'm in my mid 30s, and I know that when I get together with my high school friends, and I know the same for you, because when we go back to your hometown. You know, we sit there and reminisce about all of our memories. We reminisce about the dumb things that we did and like the crazy parties that we went to. And, you know, you just literally laugh until you cry about all the dumb stuff that you did when you were a kid. And it made me just have this moment of thinking about, you know, what are these kids going to be talking about when they're older? You know, we never are, we're not busting out photo albums because that's how old we are. Is There's photo albums, <laughs> but we're not busting out photo albums. We're not even busting out the old, old Facebook pictures of when before parents can be on Facebook. Right. <laughs> and we don't, we don't reminisce about those things. We actually reminisce about our memories. And it was just such an interesting dynamic of this day and age of just watching people not communicating with each other and wondering if they even know how to communicate with each other anymore. And where that's taking us into the future, which I don't know if you want to get that deep, but that's, <laughs> we might go there. Well, I know that a lot of things are moving towards technology <clears throat> and, you know, these are people that might be more technologically inclined and, you know, leveraging those types of platforms, but still it's as the the world moves in that direction of leveraging more and more technology, we're still taking away from human experience. Oh yeah, there's, I mean, the way my brain works, just to preframe, is usually and different than how most people's brain works. Uh, including mine. Including <laughs> hers, polar opposites. Um, so 
foundationally, I look at everything just as energy. And like what she's talking about is as we are evolving uh, as a society, there's really just a transfer of energy. So it's like we're transferring the way um, that we're communicating. But it's interesting because we don't know, like you said, in the future, you know, you get together with your loved ones and, you know, we're not pulling up in our day pictures, but they're not going to be pulling up, you know, pictures. They're just not going to be phones in a couple of years um, to be able to, to look at these things. So it's like, what's your communication be if there, you don't have a memory to really stimulate access to a good time? Because you never had it, because you were never present. You were always doing something to pretty much live in the past uh, or the future to be able to look at it. And most of for what most people are doing is they're trying to uh, have, take some type of Instagram, social media um, aspect on it to be able to fulfill a need in the future that hasn't even came, so you're missing mm -hmm. out on the present. Yeah, and I think that's a huge problem for people is not living in the present and living either in the past with rumination of, you know, different things that happen, playing it over and over in your head, and then breaking it apart to be something so much bigger than it is. Uh, or I feel like now with social media is we are living in the future, and we're sitting there analyzing how many likes did I get? and you know who looked at it who didn't look at it etc how many people commented on it and really at the end of the day we're going to get to a point in our lives of who cares <laughs> but you're also i mean it's a who cares but as a society looking at that you're you're disempowering yourself when you're being dependent on a certain amount of likes or a certain amount of comments mm -hmm. onto yourself and and for what and for why yeah uh, so it's like at the end of the day it's like you have all these, um, I've actually started writing an article on it, I don't even know if I even told you, um, but the difference between influencers and leadership. And leaders, and it's like when you look at it, uh, leaders are always influencing people, but influencers aren't always leaders. And it's the big difference is that you have all these mass, mass, massive followings today for these influencers, um, but what are they influencing for? And it's really the the transfer of energy is all going back to serve the, the influencer, the one person. Where you look at a leader, uh, they are helping to influence uh, a tribe, a community, to for the end goal to be solving a problem and issue. Um, so evolving a group of people forward uh, to, for resolution. And for the most part in society today, people are following influencers and not leaders. So it's, it's very interesting uh, where I guess we're traveling today um, and the fact that, you know, just consciously who are we listening to, who, what advice are we taking from, and pretty much having that direct us to how we're living our lives day by day. Okay, I have all the questions. Okay. <laughs> so I guess my first question is more so when it comes to following influencers not following leaders and how do you think this plays in to the level of anxiety that social platforms are creating well anxiety pretty much you know comes down for a lot of things but uh, a lot of it's through an imbalanced perception uh, of being fearful of the future um, and one of my mentors uh, John Martini, uh, he talks about fear being false evidence appearing real. Uh, so you're actually, you're making a judgment on something that hasn't happened yet. And from that imbalanced perception, 
it's dictating you and the opposite uh, for every action there's an equal but opposite reaction so it's causing you to actually experience anxiety Does that makes sense yeah so where do you think this falls with people being able to really figure out their goals and figure out their purpose oh it's a hundred percent dead on uh, so it's like when you when you look at a lot of people and uh, like who you're taking advice from uh, it's interesting uh, that one you need to always be judge judgmental um, and not that so judgment has its has its pros and cons everything has its balance um, but it's always good to be judgmental on what people saying because they can only give you the level of advice of the conscious and awareness intelligence that they have at that moment so they're going to always give you the best advice that they can but it, pardon my language but it can still be shitty advice <laughs> So it's, it's true. As a person, you just have to understand that and not let somebody's advice like affect you and be like, "Well, oh, I can't believe they said that or blah, blah, blah. It's just like they're giving you the best advice that they had. You, you might maybe ask somebody else for some other advice, too. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to that, so part of, you know, getting clear on what your purpose is, you know, what's your mission going up in life, what drives you, what creates inspiration uh, every single day. And that's like a whole nother topic I'll get on later about inspiration and motivation. Um, but until you, make a note. until you know what's most important to you, you'll probably put action and energy into something that's not directly going to serve you. And you can work your ass off into the point where you realize that you, you did it all in the, the wrong direction. Um, yeah. So like having a strong foundation before you actually take action is, you know, concrete detrimental so that you don't work in the wrong direction and everything that you do is putting you more in that flow state so that you're you're knocking off that those micro goals those micro goals to get yeah. and incorporate and pretty much achieve those larger goals well i think that something one of the things that uh, nick is doing in our practice is uh, he helps people with something called the values determination and i think that this is something really significant for what you're saying because when you are inquiring for advice or inquiring for guidance you you want to take that information as information it's not something that you should be relying on to make a decision and really what it comes down to is that most people's advice is dictated by their value system it's dictated by what they see the most value in and they're going to speak to anyone based off of their values. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's your values as a person. So there are so many people that Nick takes through you know, this process of helping them to understand what do they actually care about in life. And they go, I cannot believe that I'm you know, in my 40s and 50s and just figuring this out or just thinking about this. Yeah, it should be something that's definitely taught in elementary school um, for everybody. I even go through it with a lot of teachers. Uh, and it's like, how awesome would it be if every single student in your mm -hmm. classroom, if they just had an index card right next to them, and when you went up to give them help, you could actually speak what was most important to Johnny. It's like, yeah. Johnny cares about basketball. We're a math class. Let's have mm -hmm. it you know addition subtraction points vowels like let's make everything about basketball yeah. to learn math or to learn science like people aren't going to care about learning something if it doesn't support their value system what's most important to them and that's yeah. one of the biggest uh, problems with our school system today is that we're just forcing aka bullcrap into people's 
non-value system and and you wonder why people have ADD and they don't care about school and all this stuff it's it's not that none of that bullcrap's not important but it's just being pushed that we have to do this instead of yeah everybody you know, has to learn the same way yeah. and process the same way which is definitely not fair to certain kids that are more visual or more kinesthetic right. and they want to get their hands dirty um but I want to go back just to, to the values as well, because I think that a common confusion, I had this conversation with a woman the other day, and she just said, well, I value my kids. And I was like, no. <laughs> you can't value your kids. It can be a value. Well, I said, well, what if you didn't have kids? What would you value then? And she didn't know what to say. So that was kind of why I knew that there was a bit of a hangup in, in the values, because she definitely valued quality time and relationships but there was it was pretty much saying i only value my kids and that's the only value that i have and well i mean it might not be wrong which i'm saying this is so first first off i had people go to uh, the dr demartini website mm -hmm. uh and there he has this whole value termination link uh and that like speeds the process up because mm -hmm. it gets people thinking they're narrowing it down usually they're not a hundred percent like exact accurate uh, so then I'll take it and I'll kind of like work with them to get extreme clarity so in that instance you know this woman comes in and she says she values her kids so if you look at what pretty much runs our life today which is time and money so it's like what are you spending most of your time on mm -hmm. and if everything that she's spending time on is with her kids and same thing if all of her money's going to buy kids school supplies and paying for the kids college and mm -hmm. paying for the kids you know clothes for this like then her value, top value, might be her kids. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also the understanding that we all value what we perceive as missing or the voids in our life. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty awesome to see, looking at everything really being just a transfer of energy, is that most of our life, uh, we're just searching to fulfill what we perceive as missing. Mm -hmm. And our values will stay the same until something happens within our life to create a change of what we perceive as missing most. And when that occurs, our values will shift. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times with the values as well is that when you and, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to this, but when you are triggered by someone um, that is Do you, you ever know, get triggered. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> We're not all perfect like you, Dr. Nick. Uh, so what? when you are being triggered by someone, you know, uh, giving you their opinion or recommending something for you. A lot of times that's because they are injecting their value system onto you and your value system is not congruent. And very much the it goes the other way is when you value, like for us, we were very, you know, uh, victim to this is that we value health and wellness and we think everybody deserves to have the best version of healthcare. And, you know, at first we we didn't realize that not everybody wants that. And not everybody values that. And a lot of people value other things. And health is very low in the totem pole. And even when their health declines, it's still not high. They're just kind of like, give me the pill. Let's put a Band-Aid on it. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. And I remember thinking that that was crazy because because that's my value. Right. And uh, and I, I, it was very freeing when I did acknowledge this and I understood that this was my value and it wasn't everybody else's. And when we started to also focus on 
we're going to really bring people into our practice that this is their value and you know this is and this is going to be the best environment for them because they want to grow and transform their health and they want to have tools to help their family um that was really when we saw such such a shift in how we showed up every day so i think it's important to kind of keep that in mind in you know when we're we're talking about this whole like social media platform and looking for attention versus, uh, you know, observing other people is that you're observing good, you're observing bad. You know, you're observing things that you're judging or resenting. And you're also posting a picture wanting everything to be good, good, good. But then you're also going to get that person that's going to say something bad. And then you're going to focus on the one thing that the person said bad, even though you have 50 comments of somebody saying something nice. Okay. So I'm going to let you go. You run with it because I see the smile on your face. There's just so many tidbits in there that I want to talk about. I guess stepping back, one of the first things uh, you mentioned was really like getting triggered uh, with that. So it's like we're all, everybody's going to be triggered when your not not just your values but your belief systems uh, get challenged because what you believe when that gets challenged what do you start to do and anybody starts to do you try controlling the situation Mm -hmm. so you control the situation so that you can hold on to what you believe in Mm -hmm. Um, but somebody else has challenged you for that what happens from that is it's really a push-pull happens Uh, and then it's either a lose-lose or win-lose um, but it's never a win-win between both parties. Mm-hmm. And when, as you as you mentioned, uh, really what love is is loving somebody for who they are, not for who you want them to be. Yeah. And it's understanding that yeah, you may not care about health at all. You may love diet soda and eating Doritos and what all. What do you mean diet soda is healthy? All these things. <laughs> and there's benefits. There's in, organic Doritos. Nick. There's benefits and cons to all these things. Um, <laughs> Is, this is actually uh, one of the, it was very difficult for me to do because my perception uh, was so imbalanced on it when I just did my more advanced training uh, through the Demartini method. Uh, one of the facilitators took me through and saw how for me helping people, I was equally dishelping them. I was doing just as much disservice, disservice. and drawbacks to everything that I was giving them benefits to. Um, and I was like, what do you mean? Like, I like I save this person from having a reaction because they were allergic to penicillin and their medical doctor was wanting to give them amoxicillin. Yeah. And, and I was like, how's that a drawback? And <laughs> I was like, dug through and I found like everything I did that there is equal but opposite action for every reaction and it was crazy freeing. I got teary-eyed uh, literally about three quarters of the way through because um, I just saw how beautiful and how perfect and balanced literally everything is. Um, and now I'm not so much attached to, quote unquote, like even my ego. It, like it's it's not about that at all. And then going forward, it's like really focusing on the social media. And, and if you're having such a, an impulsion to get likes and all these things, um, your in, your energy is imbalanced. And if if you look at energy being flatline and balanced, anything that we uh, associate overly positive or fantasize or really really want we're gonna attract the exact equal and opposite to bring us energetically back into balance. Um, so it's like our likes are gonna drop. We're gonna have people that are gonna create more chaos and more criticism yeah. and they're gonna attack you. And it's not because they don't love you. They actually do love you. They're the person that probably loves you the most because they're calling your bullshit out to bring you back into balance. Yeah. Uh, so it's not until you actually can have that conscious awareness and see that this person is actually giving us love and helping us 
to come. Doesn't feel like love in the moment. Does not feel like but love. But thanks, Nick, for but, shedding that light. But once you can see <laughs> that, then you you bring yourself back into balance. So you actually stop that person or the group or whoever it is mm -hmm. to attract that criticism or attract the less following or whatever it is. Um, but anytime you're always going to have a balance, like the bigger quote unquote you play in life, uh, there's going to be a balance of people that like you and people that dislike you to keep you even keel. And yeah. it's, it's a false reality. And I think, yeah, I think that's the key thing is just to know that for you to just be loved on social media and not have any ridicule or criticism is just a very imbalanced fantasy. And we need to stop looking at the criticisms as bad, but it's really just people that aren't necessarily congruent with our value system and belief system and or they're there to challenge you for how you know you're coming across to the general public and everything's really comes down to perception so it's like you can have these bad comments and a lot of bad comments you could be like hmm, they don't affect me but then yeah. there's that one that does yeah and just ruminates and ruminates and just mm -hmm. eats at you and that's the one that's the love because that's the one that's reflecting inside of you that you don't love most about yourself so once you can figure that out and bring that perception uh, or whatever that aspect is of yourself and mm -hmm. love all of that, the good and the bad in it, mm -hmm. then that sets you free. Well, one thing I'll say too is that the a lot of the principles that Dr. Nick is talking about is in relation to the Demartini method. And the Demartini method was created by Dr. Demartini, but Nick is um, classified as one of the facilitators for that method. And the method I've gone through personally with Dr. Demartini, and I've done it many other times beyond that, and it is something that really is, it's very different and it's challenging because it is challenging your perceptions and thought process around things that you feel to be a victim of or you feel happen to you. Um, so it is literally the most powerful method, but it's difficult to, to shift your perceptions um, when you do literally it's life-changing I, I explain a lot like riding a bike you know your first couple of times you're falling down and you're hitting the pavement pretty hard mm -hmm. um, it's not it's not easy but the more you do it the more you practice the more those neural connections mm -hmm. are actually being created and what's what's very cool is the more you do it you actually create more of that neuroplasticity mm -hmm. uh, and you strengthen the the neurons to be able to activate and the more you do it the more you can actually see the balance that's happening, the good and the bad, uh, at that exact same moment. Well, you reprogram all of the crappy programming, the crappy programming that says you have to feel this way, you have to act this way, you have to believe this. So it's very it's like freeing. Most of our minds are still using AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, so one of the things that, uh, that came up. Kids are like, what is that? Yeah, right. <laughs> So one of the things that we were talking about before that I wanted to just kind of have you shed a little bit of light on as well is control and ego. So when it comes to the social media platforms, do you, you know, how do you feel like they're playing a role in the sense of control and also uh, the ego? I guess we'll start with control. <laughs> Um, with control, I mean, it's a big fantasy uh, for the most part because everything that we post on there, um, nothing's raw unless that raw picture is beautiful. 
Um, we're not putting our, our worst moments. We're not putting anything bad on social media. Um, we're putting everything we, we might put. A so, aka, we're creating a sense of control. Yeah, and and we're creating a sense of almost like uh, perfect, perfect, perfection. Perfection. Thank you. <laughs> um, life. You know, mm -hmm. like we were just in Brooklyn, and everybody's like, "You guys had the best time." And we're like, "We actually didn't have that great of time at all." Yeah. Um, but our social media made it look like we had a great time. Yeah, it was the worst service <laughs> was, I, yeah. at every place we went to. I was like, "Are we being punked? Is there going to be a camera crew that comes out?" Like, it was actually astonishing. It was very <laughs> impressive. Um, but I, we were attracting that shit somehow. So we'll yeah, yeah. What, what was happening? Well, and that's the case for so many people. Is is that we're creating this facade that everything is great but unfortunately we're battling depression and anxiety behind the scenes and you know it's it's if we were to able to take that step back and stop trying to create the facade and actually focus on like what the hell we actually give a shit about right and focus on ourselves and our development and what are we what are we passionate about what are our values what are we working towards and stop distracting ourselves i think it would be a very different dynamic when it comes to these increasing increased levels of depression and anxiety anxiety right. is like a you know oh, i have anxiety everybody has anxiety well, and the big part with the ego the playing off of that is like it's your ego that's always saying it's like you have to have this many likes you need to be like from the external environment it's everything it's always chasing externally um where it's like your true ego uh is actually in bliss it's not like your animalistic ego that we all talk about um but really it's like when when you're living congruent inspired to your deeper self it's like for the most part anything that you're posting you're just doing out of love uh, and appreciation to share a moment mm -hmm. um it, it's not towards trying to you know have to have a certain amount of likes and i'm doing this because i'm being sponsored by somebody and it's like yeah. all these things um it's not saying that being sponsored is a bad thing just as long as everything's yeah, make that money right but sometimes just, i'm like i can't believe i get up and go to work every day <laughs> <laughs> But it's really, it's it's about taking that action from within, owning you, and then providing that as an external service. Well, that was something that you said before is, you know, inspiration uh, and motivation. So I think that this is a great way to kind of, you know, bring this all together is that I think that we can leverage social, social media in a way that we are having it serve a bigger purpose. And, you know, I think it's safe to say it really comes back to inspiration inspiring ourselves inspiring mm -hmm. others and we have to maybe ask ourselves that question every time we post you know are what are we posting this for because we feel like we have to because we feel like we're obligated because we are feeling a little low and we want to have some people like the picture to give us a little emotional boost or are we posting this to truly make an impact on our followers and inspire others what if you just took that same paradigm and you took that to food? You know, like, why am I taking this bite right here? Is it to serve my energy? Is it because I love this food? Or is it because it's going to give me a dopamine rush and I love chocolate and these mm -hmm. things? It's a different type of love. Um, but it's like, you know, having that quality and it comes back to just like the quality of your relationship with everything. It's like, what's the quality of your relationship with food? What's the quality of your relationship with your thoughts? What's the quality of the relationship with your movement? How are you sitting? How are you holding yourself? Mm -hmm. It's like, how well do you love every single aspect of things that you are and you do? Mm -hmm. um, comes down to it. Uh, hashtag Dr. Phil Pritting. Uh, I've never seen so far an individual that puts so much of that love 
into like his body awareness and mm-hmm. just like he crushes and owns that like his posture his movement everything he's so conscious about loving that aspect of him mm-hmm. and it's like that's an amazing place to start and then you can take that awareness once you own something you can just transcribe and transfer that awareness over to another aspect of life and you can utilize that with food and you can utilize that with your thoughts and your communication and it's just like you know start with what you're most passionate about own that and then just evolve it and keep going and keep going yeah and i think those are some of the most uh the most impactful social media accounts are the people that are bringing quality content that is inspiring um, opposed to the people that are posting to post but you know I think that this conversation started just because of you know an observation of seeing people that were not necessarily communicating with each other and we're missing out on all of these amazing moments that are happening in the present in order to create a facade online and you know the conversation obviously took us in a in a different direction of understanding that you know a lot of this comes back to wanting to feel in control it's wanting to um, be liked crazy it's, enough it's all coming back to wanting to experience love uh, you're just looking for it externally instead of doing the work to, to have it internally yeah so i think it's just you know to take away some of the the key tidbits it's really being able to acknowledge um you know are you fueling your ego? Are you doing this out of inspiration? Are you doing this out of love for what you're posting? And really being able to segregate the time with your family and friends from the time that you're spending on social media. Because the last thing you want to do is go, you know, years, and then all of a sudden you look back and be like, oh my gosh, I don't even have any memories to look back onto. Right. So, well, I hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, we will see you next week when we are talking all about neurological issues in relation to your vision, as well as the connection between testosterone and Parkinson's. See you next week. We thank you for being a listener and subscriber to Integrative Wellness Radio. If you're looking to learn more about Integrative Wellness Group, as well as Dr. Nick or Dr. Nicole, you can check out integrativewellnessgroup.com.